Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Welcome to the Practice Manager webinar that was recorded on Wednesday the 26th of May. That's lovely, gosh, the 66, 67 of you, people coming in all the time, which is brilliant. Um, I think we'll start promptly. It is one o'clock. So welcome, everybody, to our Practice Manager webinar. Um, and we're particularly pleased um, that PCSE have joined us today. So as ever, we're being recorded. So we will record this as um, a recording of the video so you can watch back if you want to. And also record it as an audio podcast so you can listen back. So Julia Rowan is hopefully joining us shortly from PCSE. But Robert Ramsden is already with us. And that's fantastic. And this is obviously anticipation of... Um, of the live portal on the 1st of June. So from our office, um, Dawn has been working, looking at the um, previous webinar that um, that Robert led last week, as, as well as some of our practice manager supporters. And she's been having a little look through um, what the PCSE system looks like and has put together some slides for us that we'll start, um, we'll start off with today. Then we're going to take some questions. I've obviously asked you if you've got any questions in advance that you want to send through, and I've got a few of those that we'll look at. And then any other questions questions you've got please put in the Q&A box and we will answer those as we get to them. We think there might be quite a few questions today so we'll stop the Q&A at quarter to two um, in case it's still running on um, from then and then we will go to um, other issues because there's things that are obviously the SOP and the COVID there is a lot, of, a lot of other business that we just want to share some information with you but we will go back to PCSE and get all your questions answered. And they have just agreed to come back in six weeks time or so when you've had a chance to look at the portal and chance to work with it to re-answer some questions because it could be that until it goes live, it's really hard to work out what sort of questions you've got. So we'll take it from there. So I'm going to share my screen now and Dawn's going to take you through a few slides just to give a little bit of background as to what's happening on the 1st of June. And then we'll take your questions and answers from that. So I'll pass over to Dawn. So I'm just going to share my, my screen now. Thank you, Louise. So, good afternoon, everybody. Um, yes, 1st of June. This is a whistle-stop tour completely. Um, it's just a few slides to give you a few pointers of, of where we're, we're going with all of this. Um, a number of guides and resources. These are the links, if you want to look at them, where you can find them, um, not least of which is YouTube. Um, so you can actually watch some videos and also the webinar that um, Louise referred to that Robert and PCSE recorded last week is also on YouTube if you want to take a look at that. Next slide, please. So one of the things in particular I think that um, some of you might be um, concerned about is your old statements on Open Exeter. Um, <clears throat> there will be migration um, from Open Exeter to PCSE online of statements that are going back six years plus this year. So anything six years um, of history statement-wise will be migrated to the new system. So you will be able to see that on the new PCSE online system. If you would like anything that is older than that, you do need to log on to Open Exeter, well, in the next week now, um, and download them and save them yourself. Um, the new statements that are going to be on PCSE online, uh, you will be able to download them. Um, they will be downloaded as a what's called a .csv file. I'm sure you're probably all familiar with that. Um, you might then want to uh, save them as a different file type so that you can integrate them with your own software accountancy packages. Um, in the new system, there are going to be uh, several new roles that you can assign to members of your team. That, that's the way you're going to set yourself up. Uh, you won't see those new roles until the 1st of June. So if you log in now, they're not, not suddenly going to appear. You have got to wait, I'm afraid, to the 1st of June to see all those new roles. Um, each of those roles uh, will have um, specific predefined permissions. Um, one of the new roles that I think probably might be quite um, useful for practices is the accountant role. Um, and I'll come on to that a little bit more in a minute. If we can have the next slide, please. Thank you. So pensions, uh, this is one of the uh, new sections that I think probably might, might concern you all as well. There, there might be quite likely a few questions around this. Um, 
But the pension statements um, will be available for GPs to view, although I believe they need a permission granted for that. And again, to the accountant role. So um, there is an accountant role um, and they can be given access uh, via this new role and they can view and complete uh, year-end pension admin. However, the practice or GP will still need to com- uh, click and submit the button for that to go up, up to, to PCSE. Um, it will remain the responsibility of the practice to submit pension estimates. However, it is possible if you choose to, you can give your accountant the um, estimates role within the system. So effectively, the accountant could do it on your behalf, but that, that's completely a practice choice. Um, there's a couple of other things that I thought were quite important. There's a new joiners and leavers role. And it's really important that the leavers role is not confused with uh, somebody actually leaving the NHS pension scheme, i.e. Uh, opting out. The leavers role is for those people who are physically leaving your practice and employ. Um, and there's, there's a whole um, separate um, guide for that. Um, and there is a separate guide for people opting out as well. But you, you need to make sure that, you know, they're not confused. But one of the questions actually that did come up, and I, I'm hoping perhaps Robert's there and might be able to answer this now um, or um, enlighten slightly more on it. If you flag a GP as leaving your practice and perhaps they left last month, a couple of months back, so you put in a past date, will the system recalculate their pension? Yes, it does. Uh, if they left last month, for example, and they've been paying contributions that have been taken from the practice payment, as soon as you submit that leave form, it backdates it to the leaving date. Uh, with a caveat, it only does it automatically within the current financial year. So if they left in February, for example, it would backdate it to the, to the beginning of the financial year and then PCSE would need to do a manual adjustment. So you'd have to get in touch to let us know that, that that's the scenario. Thanks, Robert. That's great. Thank you. Can we have the next slide, please, Louise? The claims portal. (laughs) I'm actually not going to say too much about this because the claims portal um, will very much depend on what your CCG um, is going to do about this in as much as they don't have to use it straight away from the 1st of June. Um, and, And we can't say any more than that other than really do need to contact your CCG to see where they are with the process at the moment. Um, Practices can still continue to process their claims. And when I say process claims, we're talking here about premise claims, for example, water rates and perhaps uh, locum claims, those who might be uh, covering sick leave or maternity leave. So whatever your current processes are for that, you would need to continue unless and until your CCG says to you, actually, we're going to move over to the new claims portal. I wonder, Robert, if that's a good time for you to perhaps tell us a little bit more about the claims portal. Yeah, I think what you've just said there, Don, is is a, a good shout. Just continue as you are doing today until your CCG tells you to start submitting your claims through PCSE online. Now, the, the actual change for commissioners to do monthly um adjustments to practice payments is a bit more complex than the changes for practices. Um, So as we've got nearer and nearer to the date that this is launched, I think they've decided that they want to get that element of it bedded in first before they then introduce this claims portal. The claims portal is not a scary thing. It's just a different channel for you to submit those claims. And from a practice perspective, it's kind of you fill out the claim, submit it, and you're done. And if there's anything missing from that claims, PCSE Online will flag it up and not let you submit it. So it reduces any kind of back and forth of, oh, you've not attached this invoice or you've not given us this detail. The portal does that bit for you. Um, so there are some, plenty of videos and guides online to show you how this works. But I would say don't, don't worry about it for now. Um, and your CCG will let you know when they make that shift to this channel for submitting standard claims. That's great. Thanks, Robert. Can we just have the last slide, please, Louise? 
So really the last slide is just to tell you that if you've got queries, you can go via the normal uh, online query um, forms that you use for um, other uh, issues you might wish to raise. However, the customer service telephone number, um, we have been advised that there are advisors, PCSE advisors that have been uh, trained especially to deal with the go live um, uh, system. Uh, so if you are ringing up, uh, hopefully you will be able to speak to one of the specialist call handlers who will be able to help you uh, further. Uh, is that right, Robert? Yeah, I think a good rule of thumb with, with getting in contact is if it's something simple or you don't know where you need to go to get the answer, then call up. Um, when it comes to like actually using PCSE online, I would say give, give the videos on YouTube a go, give the guides a go. But if something's not doing what you think it should be doing or the guides are telling you that it should be doing, then call up and the, the call centre staff will be able to do that fault diagnosis and fix like access problems, navigation, advice, things like that. But if it gets more into the territory of there's a problem with my practice payment, um, then they would need to create a case and hand that to our GP payments team who would investigate. I guess that's where the contact form comes in, where you know... Um, what the problem is and which team might need to fix it, then that's probably where you default to the contact form. So if it's like a pensions issue, you would fill out the contact form, choose GP pensions from the background, uh, from the drop down, and that creates a case automatically and passes it to the back office GP pensions team. So you don't have to go through that first level of, of triage. I would say don't be scared of picking up the phone if you don't know what you need to do. Thanks, Robert. That's great. Um, I'm going to hand back to Louise now. I think she's got some questions that she might want to put to you, Robert, please. That's lovely. Thanks, Dawn. Yeah. Um, so these are the questions that have come in um, before before the, um, the webinar today. So is it just the financial and management users from Open Exeter that we need to transfer or set up as users in online PCSE or all medical patient users as well? Um, when you say medical patient users, what what's what do you mean by that? So the questions come in as so she's um, so the question says is it financial management users or medical patient users? I think it's just a question about users and what advanced work can we do for user setup before the first of June? Okay, I think the best bit of advice for this then. So we didn't have it when we did the GP practice webinar last week, but we do now. We have a user management guide which explains like how to check what permissions people currently have, whether or not they've already got an account and how to set up a new account. And then at the back of the user management guide is a description of all the, the GP payments and pensions roles. So I think a good place to start is to look at a guide, look at those role descriptions and think, do I have someone in my practice who needs to do that? And if so, from the 1st of June, you log on and just make sure that they have that role signed to their PCSE online account. Now, you've probably already got people in practice who... Well, you definitely have already got people in practice who've got PCSE online accounts because we use it for medical records. We use it for ordering supplies. More recently, um, we introduced the performance list approvals in there. So rather than go straight in and create a new user, uh, you can search for existing users using their email address and just see what roles they've already got and then what additional roles you can assign them. Um, but Don did say in the slides earlier, the GP payments and pension roles aren't there until after the 1st of June. So have a look through the guide because that'll help you to get your head around like the level of work that's needed next week to set people up. And then next week you can get logged on and make sure that people have got the roles. And if they haven't got accounts, create them. Thank you, Robert. That's helpful. And um, just as an aside to anybody, please put your questions in the Q&A box, not in the chat function, because it's easier for us to sort of monitor the questions coming through and for everybody else to see your questions. So thank you. OK, second question that came in in advance, Robert. As someone new to a finance role, the biggest challenge so far has been making queries and tracking progress of a query through PCSE. My predecessor told me that the majority of queries have to be escalated to a complaint before receiving a satisfactory response or a solution. So what is a facility to send and track queries, please? So we, with the launch of GP payments and pensions in PCSE Online, it, it doesn't change how you would uh, 
raise a case or get a resolution to your query. Um, what it will provide you is a, a bit more transparency, particularly with pensions, um, because at the moment with pensions, you've got your end-of-year certificates, you've got your estimates, you've got this period where you submit it to PCSE and we do what we do with it, and then there's a TRS statement at the other end. So this bit at the moment is invisible to end-users, but with the launch of GP pensions in PCSE Online, you'll be able to see that middle step. Um, so anybody who's not getting a TRS, for example, they might be wondering, why is this happening? You have to put pensions, they have to tell you to contact us, we have to give you the information. That'll go away and it'll just be a case of logging on and saying, oh, actually, I didn't submit the 1920 certificate, so that's why I've not got a TRS this year. So it'll not change the whole how to raise a case and getting it resolved, uh, but you'll be able to come to us with a very clear view of what the problem is and it should reduce that back and forth because then we get a lot of um, feedback let's say about when you raise a case uh, and then someone comes back to you saying but we need this information you then have to go back onto the contact form to give it to us like you should be able to raise that case knowing exactly what the problem is and what you need us to do about it moving forward i think that's going to help robert but one of the big um problem challenges people have is the time it takes so is there an SLA that you've um, signed up to from PCSE to say they will resolve um, queries in x number of days or is the time frame that frustrates a lot of people yes there are SLAs um, don't ask me what they are but I can let you know what what I think some sort of expectation of time frame would be extremely helpful. I think it's, as I say, one of the frustrations you can feel picking up what, when, when I hear the queries about and comments about PCS, it is the time um, is, is one of the major challenges people find. Sorry, Luce, can I just... Um, yeah, please, Michelle, come in. I think given how important this is, this is the finances of the practice, it would be really useful to understand the time frame that practices can expect to wait or get a response for in relation to finance queries. Um, and as Louisa said, this is one of the, 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 the worrying things that practice. And I think if you see some of the questions that are popping in, is that actually they've got quite a lot of outstanding queries that were 18 months down the line that haven't been resolved. Um, and actually with finance, they can't wait that long. Because, um, you know, this obviously could cause cash flow issues and significant issues for practices. So it would be really useful and may help manage um, expectations from practices about how long they're going to need to wait for a response, particularly around the finance queries, that would be really helpful. Yeah, certainly. And and the the tanks, um, the SLAs are not necessarily going to change as a result of introducing this. So now, today, or legacy, if we're talking about it uh, next week, um, PCSE administer the payment instructions. So we don't make any decisions on what on who should be paid what. We receive a payment upload file from the commissioners and we upload it onto NHS on, on their behalf. There are some checks and balances to make sure that everything is going to go through correctly, uh, but we do the administration. From the 1st of June, um, it's almost like taking PCSE staff out of that loop because commissioners will be able to upload those payment instructions directly into PCSE Online. So there will be no NHS. PCSE Online will be the payment engine, if you like. Um, so that that should remove a lot of that because there's, there's a removal of a step in the process and it's just going straight from the person who's issuing the payment instruction into the system that's going to pay it. So there should be a lot more transparency and it should be clear where you go to your commissioner because something's been missed rather than coming to PCSE to raise a case for us to ask the commissioner to find it, if that if that offers any reassurance. I think that's helpful. And the more transparency we can have as where the issue lies, the better. Uh, the worst thing is, is you're completely in the dark. But the other thing is we don't want PCSE or anybody else to be blaming somebody else and the practice to be in the middle, hearing the ping pong between, you know, well, it's her fault, it's her fault, it's her fault. And that is really unhelpful for the practices. Yeah, I think if you, if you can clearly see, right, this has not happened and I know where to go to get that resolved, that'll help to speed up that, that end to end from raising the case to getting it resolved. Okay, well, as we say, we'll get you back in six weeks' time and we'll see how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> 
So one more that's come in, um, Robert. Please can um, we ask you if we, if we still need to submit an NPL3 form when a GP is taking 24-hour retirement? I'm trying to submit it, but the page link comes up as no longer available. I need to get it sorted, but I'm not sure what to do with the new website. Should I be using the new, a new way of doing this? So it's an NPL3 form. Yeah, so uh, like I know what you mean with NPL3. So it's it's a change to the performance list, but the actual NPL3 forms have not existed for for some time now. Um, so it's it's fully relying on the the GPs to log into PCSE online and update their details, and that triggers processes behind the scenes. So some changes when the GP uh, submits them is just a cosmetic change on the performance list. Like it might be a, a contact phone number that we hold for them or an address. Um, but if it's like a change in, praxis, in change in practice for like a salary GP, for example, that'll trigger a behind the scenes process for the practice to review and approve that. Uh, and if it's a principal GP, that'll trigger another step in the process for the commissioner to sign off on that for the contract variation. So the, the ownership sits with the GP to start the processes that involve the performance list. It's not for the practice manager to do it. Okay, thank you. Um, another one about GP and pensions. Um, why does it take so long to have an amendment made? Um, it's just, it's just, I won't go into the details in this particular case, but it's just why is everything taking so long with pensions? Um, I, I don't necessarily know if I've come prepared with an answer for that, <laughs> um, but we do have to administer the end-of-year pension certificates for every single GP in the country. Um, in, in March, we get those in and we can't start processing them before that. So there will always be like peaks and, and troughs in terms of our ability to then answer queries, depending on what time of year. Yeah, I think this this one is from January to August and it's still ongoing. So that is a, a number of months. And obviously practices as businesses can't possibly take to everybody, but I'm sorry, you've got to wait eight months, 10 months before doing whatever. So I think it's the frustration that we want some, we want a little bit of, uh, it wouldn't be acceptable in our world to be so slow. And so it's just kind of not acceptable. We, we just need some more information and it gets very frustrating for the practices. Okay, so I'll say I'm not not going to comment on case by case. No, no, no. I, I'm not going to give you the individual. It's not. It's not appropriate. But um, but we'll say with end of year pensions administration moving to more of a not even a self service model. Really, it's just plugging the information straight into the system that needs the information. It should uh, over the next year, not instantly, but it should over the next year see PCSE staff freed up to focus on those turnaround times for queries. Okay, um, well, that not sounds having to do the manual stuff to get the info where it needs to be. Okay, well, that sounds like it should be um, it should be better. Um, so that's yeah. Yes. Fingers crossed for that one, Robert. Okay, so we'll go on to the Q and A that have just come in now that you've probably had a chance to look at. Um, yeah, that one, but the first one is just about slowness, really. Um, second one, I'm in terror of this new system. Um, lots of problems. Can we be reassured, please, with a new system? We're not going to get continual problems trying to log on. So just that's just a, just a logging on more than anything else. Um, I guess my reassurance for that is that you already use PCSE online and you already manage your own users. So OpenExter, um, with regards to like password resets and whatever else, yes, you contact PCSE for that. Um, but they're not necessarily our processes. It is an, another system. OpenExter is essentially a legacy system. Whereas when we make the switch to PCSE online, you set up your own users. And if they need a password reset, they can either self-serve and do that, or your user administrator within the practice can do that. So it's something that you can rectify yourself pretty much instantly, rather than having to come to PCSE for them to contact someone to do it on your behalf. Okay, that, that sounds reasonable. So, it, But you can't really try that out till the 1st of June, can you? Does, no. No, I mean, you no. could try it out on your existing accounts today, but you probably don't need to. Okay. Like, if you've got anybody who's ordering supplies today who forgets the password on PCSE online, they click forget password, they get a, ver a verification link through to their email address and they choose a new one. Okay, that, that sounds quite straightforward, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. And this is a particular one about um, Hampshire. I'm not sure whether you're aware, Robert, of, so will the payments portal include all Hampshire Council, CCG and NHS England statements? So that's Hampshire Council, CC, so Hampshire CCG plus NHS England statements. 
Yeah, so it'll have your CCG statements and your, well, it'll have your practice statement and then it'll have it broken down within it, whether or not it's um, CCG funds or NHS England funds. So it, it should all be on them? Yeah, same as what you have today, but it'll just be on PCSE online rather than up next to. Okay. Um, how long will we have to wait for an answer if we've made a case? If the same as now, it'll be days, which should not help when trying to do the account. So it, I think we've I think we've covered the timing. I think I think you're getting the gist of the frustration of the timing. Um, we've got two outstanding cases regarding pensions. We've been ongoing for eighteen months. Will I be able to use the same um, CAS numbers to check what's happening? Yeah. So the the behind the scenes stuff with the case management is is separate to the the PCSE online changes. So it's not like all the cases that already exist are, are going to be redundant once this goes live. That's It's a completely separate thing. Okay, lovely. Where do we get the user management guides from? Uh, so it is now on the PCSE website, um, but if it will be useful, I will send the LMC the link. Yes, please. I think it's in the FAQs. I think I popped it in the FAQ. Document. Yeah, we'll put the FAQ. You did say those earlier. Thank you, Robert. We'll put the FAQs up with this um, recording of the of the webinar, so you can all see you can see that. But obviously, everything and the updated versions, everything is going to be on the PCSE um, website, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. Um, one issue is the super user cannot see which GPs are registered on PCSE online, nor which users are active. The help desk said this is due to GDPR issues. This is crazy. We need to be able to see which GPs and users are on the system. Please, can you change it? Yes, we are. So um, at present, the back office teams I've talked about, it's currently a back office team who do the whole user registration, user management. Um, but it's moving to our customer support centre. And one of the things that they've said is before we take over this um, service, we need to allow users to be able to log on and just see everybody who's registered for the practice. So we do have change requests in process. Um, I don't know when that's going to be implemented, but it's something that's recognised that is needed. Um, one thing I will pick up on, though, is... Um, from a GP perspective. So you don't need to create any PCSE online accounts for GPs. Part of the performance list change that we talked about earlier um, involved creating PCSE online accounts for GPs. So they've all already got them. Um, and if you do want to see which GPs are linked to your practice, you can go to the public performance list website and do a search on your practice. And it'll give you a list of all the GPs who are currently link to your practice on the performance list okay and, and if they're not it means that the gp is not logged on and changed their details so you maybe need to give them a nudge to do that okay that's that's helpful but it's good to know that that's been changed and been recognized yeah. um i think we may have covered this one what will happen with regard to all of our existing outstanding pension queries do we need to re-add them i think you said that we don't need to no, no yeah any any queries will just remain it'll just be you'll gain visibility of our side of the pensions process. Okay. Um, regarding pensions, we've not previously made GPs starters and leavers. We've just submitted the forms via PCSE. Is this an extra requirement or will it be done automatically? So the joiners and... I, so, Sorry, just ask it again. Sorry. Yes, of course. So regarding pensions, we've not previously made GPs starters and leavers. All we've done is submitted forms via the PCSE. So haven't specifically made them a starter or made them a leaver. Do we now need to do that? Or is that kind of an automatically assumed position? No, so you, you need to log into PCS. So if you get someone new starting at the practice, the joiners and leavers process is, is um, given the instruction to start the pension contributions from being taken from the practice payment. So um, you can only put a joiner through on PCSE online after the GP has done their performance list part of it. Mm -hmm. So the link to the practice on the performance list, you then look, uh, say you, whoever's got the role in the practice, but I assume it'll be the practice manager, We'll then log into PCSE online and say, right, this person's joined us. This is their salary, basically. And then your leavers is as soon as you know that someone's leaving and you've got the leaving date, um, you submit a leaver form on PCSE online. And from the date that you submit on that form, we won't take pension contributions. So regardless of how long it takes the GP to log on and do the performance list side of it, you've said, 
I want to stop the contributions from being taken. Okay. So it's, it's not an additional thing. So I believe we ask you to confirm that now. It's just rather than do it by email, um, you'll log on and do it yourself on PCSE online. Okay. Thank you. Um, this is uh, something for us. Um, can the LMC find out from the local CCQs whether they'll, they will or will not be using the claims portal? Um, so I expect that's something that we will be working on and talking to CCGs, Michelle and Lisa are nodding. So that's good. For something, something we will, and thanks Matt, we will absolutely be looking at that. Um, can we give permissions to a payroll or pensions agency such as Fairway, as well as the accountants for access to, um, to the portal? And I would say it is physically possible. So as a practice user administrator, which for this audience I'm going to assume is the practice manager, you would decide who has a PCSE online account for your practice. And then if they have an account, what screens essentially they can see. So you could set up a, a payroll organisation with a login. I would just say be mindful of what roles you give them because that will determine what they can see. Yeah. There, there may be some things that you don't want them to see, so just make sure you don't give them those roles. Okay. And then the more accounts you create as well, like you're responsible for administering those and keep an eye on them. So if you have, I don't know, a lever within this payroll organisation or they want to set up a user with a shared email inbox, that's obviously not as secure. Yeah. So recommend against doing that. Okay, no, that's wise, thank you. But that, that could be really helpful for some people to know they can get, get an outside agency access. Um, one of the things I struggle with most about raising a case is when there's an acknowledgement back, I get a reference number with no details attached. So often they get a case number and perhaps the practice manager hasn't raised it themselves, perhaps one of the GPs has or one of the finance managers. So I've no idea what it's to do with. It might just be a software issue but it's just worth mentioning. They just want to highlight it to you, Robert, as actually it doesn't particularly helpful just to have a number in itself without all the details attached. Yeah, a, I appreciate that. So one of, the, one of the elements of my role is um, I uh, report back on the customer feedback that we receive, and as well as doing a high-level summary of all the complaints and whatever else. And I do see this quite often, um, but it does seem to be like, query or service line dependent and there is always a reason why it's happened but i don't think having a reason necessarily helps the person no i think the like, end of it so yeah. it's something that pops up as a theme and once once we get past the gp pensions and payments launch mm -hmm. that is something that's on my radar to look at how we just make things a bit more consistent and a bit more helpful that'll be helpful it'll save everybody time won't it in the long run yeah and linked to that, um, when you've raised a query, the reference number given by PCSE don't marry when a response does eventually come through, especially regarding the pensionable certificate, because it's the same thing. It's the communication is using the same numbers. It's everybody referring to the same issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, is there anywhere we can see online where all the outstanding cases for our practice are? No. Oh, that's something that you, that you might be looking at in the future, or just, just a note? Um, I would say that's not on the radar. I think it sounds like a good idea, um, but I'm, I'm not even going to say in the next year that that might be something that we can do. But at, at present, no, there isn't. Um, I think one thing that you mentioned about the commissioner, so we had a question, who is the commissioner? I'm guessing you're talking about CCGs. Yeah, sorry. So I, I use the term commissioner because in some areas it'll be the CCG who have... Uh, the rules behind the scenes and in some other areas you've got NHS England who are fulfilling those roles so I use commissioner as a blanket term but it could be CCG or NHS England whoever applies to you in your area. Okay um, why in a 24-hour retirement do GPs need to lose their patient list? This happened recently to us and we had to create a pooled list so she could get her pension 10 months later than requested and only on chasing up did we find out it was to do with the patient list and it seems to be a, slight, a slightly odd quirk. So I, I'm not going to pretend that I know the service to that level of detail so I can take it away. But I would say like to avoid things like this happening in future, get all your patients on board less and then this, this isn't a quirk that you'll ever come up against. Okay. Um, where can we get the user manual which Robert refers to? So obviously we're, we're going to put the FAQs, um, which is I think is the is that the 
FAQ isn't a user manual. I'll be talking about two different things, Robert. Is there an FAQs and a user manual? So I think in the FAQs, people have asked about the user management guide and I'll pop the link in there. Um, but if I can find it while we're on, on this call, I'll pop it in the meeting chat. Lovely. Thank you. Where is the lever form? That's great. So it's in, it will be in PCSE online itself. So when I've talked about giving people roles, one of the roles is joiners and leavers. And when you give that joiners and leavers role to a PCSE online user, when they log in, they'll have a button that says, in fact, I think it's two buttons, one that says joiner form, one that says leaver form. So if you give people a role, it'll be in PCSE online. Lovely. Okay. Um, a little bit back about that GP1 form that, com that confused us. So staff payroll, may NHS employer and employee pension contributions that we have to pay are on a, showed on a GP1 form and, th and that has the figures on. So we, we submit a GP1 form each month. Um, is that going to be on the new system? I don't think it is. So, so the fact that I don't know what it is makes me think that that's not part of this. It'll, I assume it'll be continue as you are doing today. Okay. Um, when we receive an email relating to a case with a um, cast number, when you log on to the inquiries form, the case is closed. That doesn't sound like there's, that's, that's another communication thing. So there's an email relating to a case, but then when you look online, the case has actually been closed. Yeah, so I think they talked about when you do the um, inquiries form, there's an option for some of the service lines, not all of them, is to um, ask a, a question about an existing case and you can put a case reference number in. And I'm assuming this person saying that when they're putting the case reference number in, it means that it's closed. But I think that that falls under the whole improving the experience with the, the case reference numbers and whatever else, because you're right, that's not helpful. And without having the case reference number, I can't really look into why. Okay, that's fine. Um, so GP1 online, apparently still being, GP1 forms are still being done online, I've been reassured. Re um, so it's not, um, it, that's why you don't know much about it, Robert. It's not quite part of this at the moment, anyway. Um, when we receive a case from PCSE stating something is missing and start chasing up, even though it wasn't correct when sent, then PCSE recognise after all this work that they sent the wrong class to the wrong practice. So that's just another irritation that um, we're just sharing with you um, and that the comms thing isn't it with the numbers and, and getting that sorted um, how will it work for logging on if you manage more than one practice that's a good question so it is possible to to be registered and have access to multiple practices um, if you are linked to multiple practices when you first log into PCSE online it asks you to choose your organization from a drop down box uh, once you've chosen your organisation, all the screens you'll see from there on out are for that practice. Um, and then if you're doing some work, you need to change to another. Rather than logging out, logging back in, there's a little change organisation option at the top. So you just click that, choose the other practice from the drop down and, and continue. Okay, lovely. Um, what happened to good old email for a problem? So one practice manager is saying actually online and CAS is just, it just causes more issues actually it's really nice just to use an email yeah and, and i understand that and i think anybody who um, remembers when the service first launched um we were using email and um, that the the case management was introduced so that we could easily track things internally and we could see where a case had been created at one point passed to another service line and um, we have the work queues up as well so we can run reports and see how many cases are in what queues um, the oldest date on them, um, who they're assigned with, if there's any sticking points with particular staff. None of that you have with email and it becomes a bit more complicated to manage. So we'll acknowledge that the case management aspect is not um, probably as brilliant as it could be from an end user perspective in terms of us being accountable and keeping track of the work. Uh, it, it's a lot better than email. You don't want us going back to just email. Okay, fair enough. Um, a few more things that actually Dawn highlighted from her work with you, um, Robert. So, um, update on timescales. Will it be compulsory for CCGs to use the system and when will it be compulsory? Is, is there any time frame on that? So it, it will be compulsory from managing um, monthly adjustments, monthly payment schedules, like that. that is all switching over. Uh, the, the claims part of it, 
So accepting claims through PCSE online, um, it's not compulsory and it won't be compulsory because the CCGs can manage it through the monthly contract variations. However, I think once they've um, got to grips with the new way of doing the contract variations, they'll see actually this is more work for us to then add these additional payments onto it. Let's look at introducing the claims poll. Um, but I'm not going to speak on behalf of your CCGs because it, it'll be their call as to when they want to do that. Okay, that's helpful. Um, claims, are CQC fees included with the premises claims? Is there a drop-down list for all eligible items that can be claimed for on the premises list? So CQC, other claims and other things. Yeah, so I believe from the FAQs from the webinar we did last week, I believe that was one of the questions that I popped in there, a list of everything that is claimable through claims. I don't think CQC fees is on there. Okay. Um, what about GP retainers? Are they going to be added to the system? I think this is something that came up at the webinar last week. Yeah, so if, if they've got an, an active... Um, if they're active on the performance list, then they have access to BCSE online. And if they've currently got an NHS pension, then they'll, they'll want to be using the pension screens as well. So, yeah, basically, not just retainers, but anybody who's on the performance list will be on BCSE online for GP payments and pensions as well. Okay. If the practice uses the online system to change the status of a GP to lever and the date is in the past, will the system recalculate the pension deductions or are other forms needed? Yes, that's the question that Don asked uh, at the beginning. So it, it, it's within the financial year. Lovely. Okay. Um, one's just got the morphs come in. I'm going to be a user, but I'm not an administrator. How can I tell who our practice user administrator is? If I ring the PCSE helpline, will they be able to tell me? In the event the user administrator leaves a practice, how do you appoint a new user administrator? Cool. So I think there are two questions. I there. think there are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just split them in two. So I would say um, check your emails. Uh, I think it was yesterday. It was this week. It's recently that we wrote to practices just to confirm who the user administrator is. So previously, going back to September, we've been in contact with the user administrator themselves. Um, and as, as bulletins have been um, either chasing or confirming what roles or what they need to do. Um, but now that that is as set in stone as it can be, because it goes live this weekend, um, we've written to the practices to say, we've been in touch with your practice user administrator, who is Nain, and then a bit of guidance on what that person needs to do next week. Um, so I think that, that was one question we've already written to you and um, let you know. And the other one was... If you change user, change the user administrator? Yeah, what I would advise is from next week, don't just have one user administrator. So this user administrator that is going to be given this uh, role to set up with new users, they can set up other user administrators. So I would say have at least two so you've got a backup and then you can always self-manage that. So if someone leaves, yeah, ideally you'd want them to hand over, but they might not. But at least you've got a backup then of somebody else who can do this if needed. Mm. Um, but if you're absolutely stuck and you don't have a user administrator, then you can actually, you might help with this. You can email the PCSE user registration team and, and they will pick it up. There is some security checks that they need to do. So it's not as, as clear cut as just email them and then they'll give you what you've asked for. Um, but they'll be able to help you with that. That's fantastic, Robert. I think we're, we're, yeah, we're nearly at quarter two now, so we're going to let you go now. Thank you so much. That was really helpful. We've answered 30 questions and you've heard, I know you've, you know, I, I recognise you've heard some of the challenges and feedback that the practice managers wanted to give you. Um, so I think, you know, the next thing is obviously to crack on with the going live and then we would love to have you back um, in just six weeks or so time and just to see how, how things are going and to follow that up. That would be really, really helpful. So um, thank you, Robert. Um, we will come back. If, if subsequently any questions come in, we, we know where you are and we can contact you. Um, but we will see you again shortly. So I do appreciate you coming. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. That's great. Thank you for all your questions on that. We're just going to go to some other business now. We'll, we will finish promptly at two o'clock. So I think, Michelle, we're going to talk about a little bit about COVID.
Yeah, I've got a few updates around COVID, which some of you may already be aware of. The first one I just wanted to highlight was Pfizer vaccine and the information that was released recently that the storage of these has moved from five days to 31 days. And actually, um, just to highlight also that the handling and transportation hasn't changed. It is only the storage that's been changed to 31 days. Uh, the second thing that I think we wanted to update on was around patients who have come from overseas and have had their first vaccine abroad and um, that they are here and need their second vaccine. They should receive the same vaccine as they um, had for their first dose as long as they um, meet the UK eligibility criteria. What we would say is if they have a vaccine that isn't one that the UK is using, there are there is information available that maps which vaccine is appropriate, which when we do the FAQ for this um, webinar, we will add that information to. I'm not going to sit and read all of the different vaccines out. I think also just to highlight, it makes it quite tricky when you're entering information into Pinnacle, if obviously if they've had their first dose out of the country. So we believe that you can select the second dose. It will red flag it. But as long as you're assured that they have had their first dose, then you can um, still continue to save and ignore that. They are asking the information that's coming through from NHS England are they are asking patients to notify their GP practice where they're registered around the information on the first dose. So that can then be updated on their record. I think the final thing around uh, COVID, we just wanted to highlight that there is now additional payment of £1,000 for each PCN grouping. This is in relation to having to reschedule the second doses and their um, second dose appointments on or after the 25th of May. I believe that the same process, claiming process, will happen as it happened back in January when the intervals changed, um, which I believe that most CCGs had forms, but it might be worth just checking with your CCG what, how you need to claim that. But there's a £1,000 per PCN grouping available for the rescheduling of second doses. And I think that's all I wanted to say on, on the COVID vaccination programme. I think Lisa is going to talk a bit about CQRS. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, very briefly, it was just a reminder that the, the sign-up for the BMC needs to be submitted to CQRS by 28th of May. Um, if you miss the sign-up, you'll miss the first collection of the data and you'd have to input that data manually. So it's just a reminder to sign up and that will now be an automated monthly collection. Thank you, Lisa. Um, I think finally, Michelle, you wanted to talk a little bit about the SOP or maybe you're both going to do that, sorry. Um, yeah, I think it's me. Uh, just to make everyone, you're probably aware that NHS England have finally released the SOP. I think it was released last Thursday. They've also released uh, an FAQ document which talks about online consultation systems. And you hopefully are aware the LMC put out a statement uh, about a week and a half ago in response to the NHSE um, letter. I just want to highlight the fact that this hasn't changed. Uh, our view is still the same. Helpfully in the um, SOP, it does actually confirm in the first paragraph that actually this, the SOP is guidance. So that's why our um, view hasn't changed. As long as you're meeting your contractual obligations, um, then you are doing all that you need to do. Also, just to highlight in the first sentence, it, it states, we trust healthcare professionals to use their clinical judgment when applying this guidance. So what this in essence means, it will be a practice decision for you to review if you need to, what you're doing within your practice, but it will be an individual practice um, decision. And actually, as long as you're complying with your contractual obligations, there shouldn't be any action needed to take. I think also just to highlight, we are just about to send out, we were hoping to get it out before the webinar, but it's going to go out this afternoon, um, the LMC statement, a detailed response to the SOP, which also includes information around websites, because there's information within the SOP for you to look at your website, and also, as I've mentioned, online consultations, thinking about the... Um, thinking about the FAQs and actually the work that we've done locally with our CCGs and the agreements that we've got in place as to how you, if you want to switch these off um, over evening and weekends. I think finally, it's just to say, we want to say thank you. You are all truly amazing. And the work that you've done over the last 14 months has been extraordinary and how quickly you've had to change. Um, and we just thank you all. And we are here if you need any support, you know where we are. And then, sorry, not finally, but I just wanted to highlight the BMA have also put out a statement in relation to the letter, and we believe that they will also be putting a detailed response to the SOP as well.
Thank you, Michelle. That's really helpful. Um, Lisa, I think I, I thought it was just my internet. I don't think it was much my internet. I think your internet just lost when you were talking about the CQRS bit. Do you mind just repeating that, Lisa? Not at all. And apologies, I've tried to put it in the chat and it looks even more garbled. Um, so it was just a reminder in terms of signing up on CQRS for pneumococcal hibbe mensi by the 28th of May. If you don't sign up in time, you'll miss the first collection. So you'd have to input it month. You'd have to put it input it manually. Um, it will be an automated monthly collection from now on. Okay, so Thank it's just you. a reminder to sign up by the 28th of May. Yeah. I think we all need reminders there is so much flying around isn't there and just two comments about PCSC um just it's just one more thing to do and how tough it is and it could be the PM is breaking but we kind of know that and I'm not sure what else we can do so we asked PCSC along to try and help you with it because obviously we can't push back and and, and not tell them not to do it so but we just think any help we can give you in support of that sort of system that comes in we will try and do that um and i think that that was quite helpful but obviously it's, as you say one more thing to do and one more change um so just to finish off we've got our practice manager conference coming up on the 10th of june which i'm really looking forward to it's just a morning um, if you can possibly come it would be really really lovely to see you um, there we've got 150 of you booked up please do book up if you book by the first of june we should be able to um get out a little pack in the post to you um like we tried to do before just a little tea sachet little coffee sachet nothing too exciting but just a little something for you um this is relying on you booking up in time and the post which foiled us a little bit last time so do please book up we'd love to see you there and i'm just going to finish off by sharing my screen and showing you a little video that we've put together about the practice manager conference so thank you for attending and we will see you all next time What has been the toughest year yet for general practice? Wessex LMCs invites our PMs to this year's Practice Manager Conference. This year's theme is surviving, reflecting and moving forwards, so do join us for a morning of light relief. John Perry will bring his highly acclaimed expertise to explain techniques for how to choose your attitude. Helene Irvine and the team at the Adam Practice will bring to you first-hand experience of primary care nursing associates and how this can work for you. Lucy Hadley from the Development People will focus on how success does not necessarily equal happiness and share some top tips to apply yourself and share with others. Shani Baker from LMC Law will bring a legal perspective on flexible working and work-life balance at a time when it's never been more important. Is being a practice manager partner a good idea? Nikki Warnell and Alex Kimber join us to discuss the pros and cons. We are delighted that this year's motivational speaker is John Valanthan. John is a world record holding British cave diver who played a key role in the 2018 Thailand Cave Rescue. With heart pounding anecdotes from the ordeal, John hammers home the importance of perseverance, determination and preparation and explains why he believes success in life is rarely due to luck. Don't forget to book your place by midday on the 1st of June to receive your free delegate pack. Book online today at www.wessexnmcs.com forward slash events and search for Practice Manager Conference. We hope to see you there. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.